Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story. This is Chelsea. I'm here with a plethora of people today. <laughs> it's very exciting. We got Ryan, we got Lindsay, we got Mandy, and we are talking about Solomon's many achievements. <laughs> and his stuff. And all of his stuff. So and much. Cities. So much stuff. Man. What's stuck out to you guys? Well, I feel like I have some new ideas about what gifts to bring to a party. So uh, at some point, it's listed every three years, he got these ships full of gifts and some cool stuff like gold and then apes and peacocks. So I feel like if you're running out of good ideas. It's like your next baby shower. Yeah, just give somebody a monkey. <laughs> I do think actually that would be help. Like, hey, if you can train this monkey, <laughs> you're really, you're doing actually really well. So. Or, they are very similar or to toddlers. Or a throne with six steps. Oh, yeah. And lions on either on well, either end. On either side. I appreciate that it wasn't seven steps, wasn't five. Specifically six. Well, it's, Specifically, it's the best one in the whole world. Yeah. There's and no if you other... have three steps, are you really a king? No. No. <laughs> Obviously there, not. You're not going to give me respect. What are those leopards on the end of that throne. thing? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so this is a list, uh, uh, an account of Solomon's a plethora of possessions in abundance. This it's it's pretty incredible. I would have to say. Are you impressed for real? <laughs> I'm actually Would impressed. you like all of this stuff? I would like all this stuff. <laughs> I would I would like all the stuff. Uh, uh that's even, not true. Not the peacock. I don't think you want the peacock. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's like Michael Jackson status. <laughs> when he had he had apes and peacocks. Nuh-uh. Yeah, he did. He had what? A, he had a, Was did he get out of the Bible? <laughs> Yeah, no, Michael Jackson had a zoo in California on his property. Oh. So Solomon, Michael Jackson. Okay. Similar. The thing that stood out to me, it, it is, it's a lot. Solomon has a lot of stuff. And so much that even the Queen of Sheba shows up. Even her. Even, Where is she from? Where is Sheba? Do you know? I don't. I okay. actually don't remember. It is funny. We, we don't know where it is, but we know that Asia. it's important. How's that? Happen? Everybody knows about. Everyone Shiba. knows the Queen of Sheba. I guess I'm just yeah. confused why no one's Googled it at this point. Why, so I'm but what just even is Get that? my device out and just get to the bottom of it while you guys talk. <laughs> She's cool, do great. That. <laughs> but I think for me, I'm reading this, and this is uh, deliberately going into a lot of detail and painting a picture of just bonkers, like wisdom and wealth, and the nation is blessed, and they've got so much silver that silver's not even worth anything. It says like. <laughs> It's like, we got so much silver. Silver's nothing. We don't pick up those pennies on the ground. (laughs) And I think it purposely is trying to paint a picture that was started in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, God pulls this absolute nobody, no name Abraham, or Abram as he was called at that time. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows where he's from. He's just like this wandering nomad man and promises him, I'm going to make you a great nation. Doesn't say Abram was chosen because he was great, because he was particularly smart or wealthy. It was because God chose him so that God's greatness could be shown, not man's. And he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. All the nations on the earth are going to be blessed because of you. Everyone's going to hear about it. This is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this land to possess. And reading this, we see God was faithful to his word. He did it. And all this story we went through up till now of people wandering in the desert and they're complaining and they're disobeying. And then we go through the dark days of the judges where they're really terrible, terrible people. They do. God says, do this. And they think, let's do the opposite of that in like every (laughs) level. 
And despite all that, God was faithful to his promise. And it's clear, Solomon actually, as much as it says, like, maybe Sheba thinks, like, you're amazing, but she actually says, like, who is this God that you serve, that you could actually be so smart and this nation could be so blessed? And she praises him. And she praises him and says, everybody's heard about this. And Genesis, the promise in Genesis chapter 12, like, God, God's doing it. He is, but the purpose was not so that Solomon could be so great or the people could be great. It's so that all the nations of the earth could be blessed. Mm. They kind of forget about that as we go into the future. We'll see that. Yeah. Cause as these people are visiting Solomon, they're leaving with gifts too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I, I just see it as God's totally crazy bonkers grace that this, they've actually reached this point because they shouldn't have reached this point. They, their lives were like a total car crash from beginning <laughs> to end. I mean, really, right? How many times have we up till now sat here thinking, oh my goodness, these people are terrible. Oh, see, I read it and I think, wow, it feels relatable. (laughs) No, just me? The beheading, the the stakes through the temple. No, just the, just the. The um, burning their children. Oh, no, none of those, just for the record. Brokenness, Um, yes, is brokenness. But it is relatable. To me, I look at this and just think, this is the God that I serve. Right. That's what I'm saying. And if we look at our own story, we think, how often did God say, go right? And we think, maybe I'll go left, (laughs) you know, yeah, and do this. Maybe I'll do that. And and yet we arrive at this point in our life where we have so much blessing. And it was it because of us? Right. No. No. It it isn't because of us. It's just God's crazy grace. Not just in saving us, but in our actual day to day lives. Yeah. 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 And hopefully that brings us a sense of peace. Um knowing that I mean, I think it should like send us into a place where we want to honor what God says, obviously. And I think it should, for me, at least it's comforting to know, like I, I, I God's God cares so much about me Yeah. that like, even if I go left when I was supposed to go right, he's still a rescuer. He's still redeeming. He's still sovereign, sovereign. Yeah. yeah. And his plans will come to pass. And I'm not as powerful as I think I am to destroy everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause I look at all these stories and I'm like, Whoa, they didn't derail God's plan. Yeah. They might have derailed their actual like life in those moments, but yeah. they didn't derail God's plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that brings me comfort. Yeah. Because sometimes I think I'm a special snowflake. I don't know if you guys know that, but um, sometimes <laughs> I think I'm more special than I am. So when I read these, I'm like, ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm not as special as I thought I was in a good way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> guys, Sheba, um, according to the internet and Wikipedia – is in Ethiopia, maybe. But then it does say that there's like other people are saying, oh, it might be in Egypt, it might be in Iran, it might be in Sudan. But there's not a lot of evidence to support that. So, so we don't know who Shiva is. Guys, thanks so much for listening today um, and joining us on this journey of reading the Bible together. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. In assigning the priests to their duties, Solomon followed the regulations of his father David. He also assigned the Levites to lead the people in praise and to assist the priests in their daily duties. And he assigned the gatekeepers to their gates by their divisions, following the commands of David, the man of God. Solomon did not deviate in any way from David's commands concerning the priests and Levites and the treasuries. So Solomon made sure that all the work related to building the temple of the Lord was carried out from the day its foundation was laid to the day of its completion. Later, Solomon went to Ezion, Geber, and Elath, ports along the shore of the Red Sea in the land of Edom. 
Hiram sent him ships commanded by his own officers and manned by experienced crews of sailors. These ships sailed to Ophir with Solomon's men and brought back to Solomon almost 17 tons of gold. 1 Kings chapter 9. This is the account of the forced labor that King Solomon conscripted to build the Lord's temple, the royal palace, the supporting terraces, the wall of Jerusalem, and the cities of Hazor, Megiddo, and Gezer. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had attacked and captured Gezer, killing the Canaanite population and burning it down. He gave the city to his daughter as a wedding gift when she married Solomon. So Solomon rebuilt the city of Gezer. He also built up the towns of Lower Beth Horon, Baalith, and Tamar in the wilderness within his land. He built towns as supply centers and constructed towns where his chariots and horses could be stationed. He built everything he desired in Jerusalem and Lebanon and throughout his entire realm. There were still some people living in the land who were not Israelites, including Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These were descendants of the nations whom the people of Israel had not completely destroyed. So Solomon conscripted them as slaves, and they serve as forced laborers to this day. But Solomon did not conscript any of the Israelites for forced labor. Instead, he assigned them to serve as fighting men, government officials, officers, and captains in his army, commanders of his chariots and charioteers. Solomon appointed 550 of them to supervise the people working on his various projects. Solomon moved his wife, Pharaoh's daughter, from the city of David to the new palace he had built for her. Then he constructed the supporting terraces. Three times each year, Solomon presented burnt offerings and peace offerings on the altar he had built for the Lord. He also burned incense to the Lord. And so he finished the work of building the temple. King Solomon also built a fleet of ships at Ezion Geber, a port near Elath in the land of Edom, along the shore of the Red Sea. Hiram sent experienced crews of sailors to sail the ships with Solomon's men. They sailed to Ophir and brought back to Solomon some 16 tons of gold. When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on his tables, the organization of his officials, and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers, and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard the half of it. Your wisdom and prosperity are far beyond what I was told. How happy your people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day after day listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord your God who delights in you and has placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of gold, great quantities of spices and precious jewels. Never again were so many spices brought in as those, as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. In addition, Hiram's ships brought gold from Ophir, and they also brought rich cargoes of red sandalwood and precious jewels. The king used the sandalwood to make railings for the temple of the Lord in the royal palace and to construct lyres and harps for the musicians. Never before or since has there been such a supply of sandalwood. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba whatever she asked for besides all the customary gifts he had so generously given. Then she and all her attendants returned to their own land. 2 Chronicles 9 when the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. 
She arrived with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba realized how wise Solomon was and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on his tables, the organization of his officials and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard the half of your great wisdom. It is far beyond what I was told. How happy your people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day after day listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord your God who delights in you and has placed you on the throne as king to rule for him. Because God loves Israel and desires his kingdom to last forever, he has made you king over them so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of gold, great quantities of spices, and precious jewels. Never before had there been spices as fine as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. In addition, the crews of Hiram and Solomon brought gold from Ophir, and they also brought red sandalwood and precious jewels. The king used the sandalwood to make steps for the temple of the Lord in the royal palace and to construct lyres and harps for the musicians. Never before had such beautiful things been seen in Judah. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba whatever she asked for, gifts of greater value than the gifts she had given him. Then she and all her attendants returned to their own land. Each year, Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. This did not include the additional revenue he received from merchants and traders, all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than 15 pounds. He also made 300 smaller shields of hammered gold, each weighing nearly 4 pounds. The king placed these shields in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a huge throne, decorated with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. The throne had six steps and a rounded back. There were armrests on both sides of the seat, and the figure of a lion stood on each side of the throne. There were also 12 other lions, one standing on each end of the six steps. No other throne in all the world could be compared with it. All of King Solomon's drinking cups were solid gold, as were all the utensils in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. They were not made of silver, for silver was considered worthless in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships of Tarshish that sailed with Hiram's fleet. Once every three years, the ships returned loaded with gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. So King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king on earth. People from every nation came to consult him and to hear the wisdom God had given him. Year after year, everyone who visited brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon built up a huge force of chariots and horses. He had... 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He stationed some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone, and valuable cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees that grow in the foothills of Judah. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from Cilicia. The king's traders acquired them from Cilicia at the standard price. At that time chariots from Egypt could be purchased for 600 pieces of silver and horses for 100 pieces of silver. They were then exported to the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Aram. Second Chronicles 9. Each year Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. This did not include the additional revenue he received from merchants and traders. All the kings of Arabia and the governors of the provinces also brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than 15 pounds. He also made 300 smaller shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than 7.5 pounds. The king placed these shields in the palace of the florist of forest of Lebanon. 
Then the king made a huge throne decorated with ivory and overlaid with pure gold. The throne had six steps with a footstool of gold. There were armrests on both sides of the seat, and the figure of a lion stood on each side of the throne. There were also twelve other lions, one standing on each end of the six steps. No other throne in all the world could be compared with it. All of King Solomon's drinking cups were solid gold, as were all the utensils in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. They were not made of silver, for silver was considered worthless in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships of Tarshish manned by the sailors sent by Hiram. Once every three years, the ships returned loaded with gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. So King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king on earth. Kings from every nation came to consult him and to hear the wisdom God had given him. Year after year, everyone who visited brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his horses and chariots, and he had 12,000 horses. He stationed some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. He ruled over all the kings from the Euphrates River in the north to the land of the Philistines and the border of Egypt in the south. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone, and valuable cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees that grow in the foothills of Judah. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and many other countries. Solomon built up a huge force of chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He stationed some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. The king made silver and gold as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone, and valuable cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees that grow in the foothills of Judah. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from Cilicia. The king's traders acquired them from Cilicia at the standard price. At that time, chariots from Egypt could be purchased for 600 pieces of silver and horses for 100 pieces of silver. They were then exported to the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Aram. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.